Welcome to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. In this program, we take a fresh look at some of today's challenges from the economy, education, politics, security, defense, and much more. You'll be prompted to see and think about things just a bit differently. Now, here are your hosts, Ambassador Harry Thomas and Chief Alex Morales. Welcome to The Spotlight. We are your hosts, Ambassador Retired Harry Thomas Jr. And I'm Alex Morales, the Chief. Harry, today we got a great guy, a friend of ours, uh, and his name is Joe Power, Colonel Retirement Joe, Colonel Retired Joe Power. Welcome to the spotlight, Joe. Thank you for taking the time. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. I, I appreciate you bringing me on here. I, I always look in, uh, for the opportunity to talk to you guys. Uh, it's always a big part of my week when I get to come down and visit you guys at work, and uh, especially with the topic that we have right now. I, you know, I spent uh, a lot of time uh, talking to people prior to my retirement, just trying to understand all about transition. Um, so it's a, definitely a, an honor to get on here with you guys today and, and uh, talk a little bit about my experiences with transition. Uh, thank you for taking the time. We really appreciate it. So, well, let's start it. Please, Joe, tell us about yourself. All right. So I, uh, I just retired last summer um, after 27 years in the Army as an infantry officer. Uh, but, but my background with the military has actually been since the day I was born. My dad was a career Army officer, so I've uh, actually moved 26 times in my life. And uh, what I've, all I've really known in, in my entire life is the military. Um, that's what, what I grew up in. Uh, was around growing up. And then, uh, of course, after the four years in college, serving 27 years myself, um, which I think, you know, really is is what drove me towards the military in the first place uh, was the fact that I grew up around it and I understood that culture and I respected that culture and and, and the people that uh, I was around, uh, both friends of mine, the way they were raised, as well as, uh, you know, what I saw with my my dad and, and the way he interacted with people as well. So, um you know, and then I, you know, it also because that was all that I that I ever knew growing up, and, and my experiences was uh, as I was beginning transition. Uh, one thing that I really wanted to to look at was what's it like outside the military and outside the government sector uh, into the, the corporate world to to understand and see is that something that that uh, I really want to do, or or do I just enjoy the the government work which I had done for uh, you know the past twenty seven years. Hey, Joe, thank you for your service uh, to our nation and your dad's service to our nation. And of course, that means that your, your mom and um, your wife and children have also served. So that is fantastic. Uh, moving on, do you think the transition training provided you the tools to fa face the civilian sector? Yeah, you know, I, I actually uh, I had to think back a lot and, and really put some thought to this. Um, doesn't it's only been a year, but it seems like like so long ago that I was going through that transition process because you're really starting at least a year out from your own retirement. So you know, about two years ago was when I really started. But uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing with transition is transition is what you make of it. If you put the effort into it, um, you're going to get a lot out of it. If you don't put the effort into it, you do the bare minimum, you're going to get very little. You're going to check the block. You're going to do what they tell you to do but you're not really going to set yourself up for, for success afterwards. Uh, so it's, it's really a, a lot of it's the onus is on you that the Department of Defense, uh, each of the services, they have their own programs. They've got requirements that you have to do uh, as part of your transition, whether you're retiring or whether you're just leaving the military. But you really have to look for those opportunities and then fully participate 
And there's a lot of tools that you can get throughout that transition process that are going to help you with post-military life and, and helping you ideally uh, figure out what you want to do. Uh, yeah, I found some of the transition assistance programs very informative, very helpful. Others, not so much. Um, you know, I can give an example, the transition assistance class we had to do, a, it's called an MOS crosswalk, where you put in what job you did in the military, and it'll give you a list of jobs that might be a good civilian fit. And, and for me as an infantry officer, uh, when it started pulling up things like a security guard, uh, that, that was not exactly what what I was looking for uh, after 27 <laughs> years in the Army. But, uh, but you know, and, and in, in all fairness to that program, is it, it is a pro- good program that it was originally really built for more junior enlisted, junior NCOs, young officers who were getting out of the military uh, that didn't have a, a vast experience of a career. And so it was helping them kind of think through what they're doing as they, they make that leap after a short time in the military. And, and I will admit, I didn't spend a, a lot of time trying to research because I, once I found it initially not very helpful, I tried a couple of different things. Um, I said, yeah, it just wasn't really for me. But for other people, they may find it find it more helpful. And, and again, it goes back to, are they going to put the time in and dedicate the time to, to do some self-study themselves and, and see what they want to do? Um, but I think, you know, that a program like that, uh, and, and TAP, it, it really, it's, it's built at a certain level. And so even though I was in the class that was designed for senior leaders, the, the curriculum was the same as what they would do with anybody else. We just had senior leaders in there. Um, so I, I do think that, uh, you know, some of those classes that DOD puts together, there probably really needs to be truly executive level classes uh, that, can, that can really focus on those senior leaders who have a lot of experience, have had a career in the military, whether they're a senior NCO, senior officer, or warrant officer, uh, because it is different when you've spent years maybe working in a four-star headquarters or on the Army staff or joint staff. The experiences are vastly different than what my job title was uh, or the branch that I served in. But I did find that uh, there are a lot of tools, and and through TAP, they were telling us a lot about a lot of these other programs and tools available. Uh, Four Block is one that I did. I had never heard of it. And uh, it's a, a Marine that uh, got out of the military after, I believe it was nine years. He started putting this program together and it's continuing to grow. And, and it's a, uh, about an eight to 10 week program and it's fully funded at you know, Columbia University. I believe they're still sponsoring the, the curriculum for it. They've got instructors and each week was a different topic. And they also partner with, with corporate offices that would host it. So I, when I did it, yeah, I got through the first half of it before COVID really kicked in. We went virtual, but we'd, we'd go to a, a local business, um, went to several big you know, global businesses and they hosted it. And each week was a different topic. And as you progress through the eight to 10 weeks, by the time you got to the end, you'd gone from an elevator pitch through building a resume, figuring out what you want to do to interview techniques, um, so it really was, it was, it was a great program to kind of get your head around things. So there's a lot of those, when we talk about the tools, there's a lot of tools that are out there that are not just the Department of Defense tools. Um, and, and it's just a matter of looking out there. But I did find that Department of Defense was, was trying to uh, pass around as many of these as they, as they could so that people could participate in them. And I think it's important. I spent a lot of time talking to people, asking questions, because everybody's experience is different. Nobody's right. transition experience is the same, and everybody had a, a pro and a con uh, for everything that that occurred. 
So even when we went to Zoom calls, the facilitators did a phenomenal job of uh, keeping it going on the curriculum. So, you know, that when I look back, I, I think I had the tools um, I needed. Um, and, and part of it was me going out and finding something. Part of it was uh, uh, what I was presented from from the mandatory classes. Um, but a lot of it was really on me to 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 go out and really figure out what I wanted to do and then put the effort into it to get the most out of it. So, so you, you, you kind of mentioned two things that stuck with me. One was that uh, you said there was an executive level or senior level class, if you want to call it, but the material was one, making it sound like it was cookie, cookie cutter in a way, right? They used the same material, you just adapt it. So, and, and it's in another way also, you said it's up to you to start finding out and, you know, kind of like ask questions and, and you know, be, you know, take care of yourself. So in one question, what do you think it was missing? Now, after you look back and say, hey, they got all these great tools, but what did you thought to say, you know what? I wish I'd, I had this. Oh, I think they were missing this. What do you think for all these people who are about to retire? Is they going to be listening to this? What do you think they were missing? Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I brought up before about if you if you had a little bit more of an executive course, it was an executive level, and, and the instructors did their best to try and keep it at that level. But again, it's you know when there's certain curriculum that has to be taught, it's it's going to be to a certain level. But I think uh, you know when I when I thought back about some of the programs that are out there, and they've really expanded, and a lot more people are doing them now, is uh, programs like Skillbridge hiring our heroes, um, and there's other fellowships and internships. And, and I found that a lot of people I've talked to, myself included, want, want to go see what the, see the corporate sector is about. Because um, we don't know. Roger. In, in a yeah. lot of cases, we don't know. In my case, I came out of college, 27 years in the Army. I had no idea what the corporate sector was like. So I, I decided that I wanted to, to see what the corporate sector was all about knowing that I really had about two years or that my security clearance was held, that if I decided that's not what I wanted to do, I could come back to government work, but I could look myself in the mirror 10 years from now and say, I looked at it, I tried it, I loved it, I'm glad I did it, or it just wasn't for me. And then you go back to, to government work. And I, would, and I had the opportunity to do a, a fellowship myself for three months. And you know, it's, it was hugely beneficial to see what it was like. Um, and, and I know now that there's, there's been an increase in some of the skill bridge programs as those have grown over the past few years. I actually know uh, several people that have just completed doing fellowships. Both of them were offered jobs in the corporate sector, jobs that they wanted to do, but it gave them an opportunity to get out there and really see uh, what it's like out there. And is that, is that where they want to go? Because it's, you're really doing about a you know, three-month interview with that company. Is it a good fit for you? Is it a good fit for them? And I think more programs like that, those opportunities are really out there um, that, that we can expand on. I, I don't know how to do it because the fact is your replacement doesn't come in until you leave. So you can't have everybody retire and just disappear at the same time uh, because we do have a mission that, that has to get done um, with our regular job even as we transition. So I, I think that's one area. Uh, and then there's there are a lot of programs that are out there that uh, – it's, uh, this is not a missing piece, but going back to some of those tools that are out there, there's a lot of universities that have programs that you can do for free. Uh, Syracuse University's got a great program where there's some HR certification, some 
program manager certifications and others. So, so there's a lot of tools there. And I think, you know, in, in some of these, it, it might just be, how do we get them to the correct people to inform the population that these exist? And that that's part of it. So using things like LinkedIn, getting in, doing four block and now being, uh, being able to share information. It's uh, how do you, how do you pass all these different experiences and opportunities to people that might not necessarily be there uh, or, or not part of the current curriculum? Great. Hey, Joe, uh, you're touching on it, but how can they make it better? Have you thought about writing a paper aimed at officers and another one, NCOs, that could be presented or, or something that could uh, help, uh, help people based on your personal experiences? Yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought much about uh, writing a paper per se, but, but I think one of the things I'm doing is I try and talk to people as I walk back at work now with everybody that is going through that transition process. I'm trying to spend as much time as possible answering questions they have because um, I, I find just like, like me, Everybody has a lot of questions, but but I had not thought about about uh, writing a paper. I think uh, you know that I don't recall seeing a whole lot written out there of people giving their experiences. So so that actually might be something that is there a way to get some of these experiences in there? I know during uh, one of the classes I did, they did bring in a guest speaker who was somebody who retired. I believe it was two years earlier, year or two, and so they came in and gave some of their experience. So. I do think they try and, and uh, they try and bring more people in to help share their experiences. And a big piece is, is we just have to share amongst ourselves because no, no two transitions are the same. And depending on where you live is different as well. Awesome. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Join us every week for the Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. The Ambassador is host Harry Thomas, and the Chief is host Alex Morales. Together, they bring you different views on today's challenges, from politics to education, security, defense, and the economy. The Ambassador and the Chief, along with their guest experts, outline new perspectives and lively discussions. Tune in to the Spotlight on the Voice America Variety Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. If you have a question or a comment about the program, drop us a line via email to support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Again, that's support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Now back to the spotlight. And we're back with the spotlight with uh, our friend and Colonel retired Joe Power. Joe, uh, we're talking about, you know, how we can be- do it better 
and uh, you know the expectation. But one of the things that uh, perhaps is uh, is not understanding by servicemen in retirement is that service member expectations are unrealistic, meaning that they can jump to a good paying job right away, or do they need to pay their dues, or do they need to do the research? What do you think when we yeah. retire? Yeah, I think I think it really depends on on what experience and skills they bring. Um, so an example of if, if you are a contracting officer in the military for your career, um, it's going to be a much easier leap to the commercial sector or corporate sector for uh, doing that type of job because it's, it's a much cleaner transition. Now, you may be more experienced with, with the government contract side of it, but, but there is a lot of, of uh, similarities that will transition over. Um, but, but I do believe that there are some who think because they were a certain rank and level in the military that they should immediately start at that level. And, and I was told by a lot of people, both civilian and, and military, uh, former military, that, you know, you have to be prepared to take that, that step down from where uh, you, you necessarily would have been on par uh, because you got to prove yourself. Because in, in some cases, especially with a senior leader, a company has taken a chance on you. They're taking a chance that the skills and experience you bring is going to make that transition to their line of work in their business. Um, and, and so I think that's you have to understand that and you have to be able to take an appetite suppressant uh, at, at some time so that so that you don't come in with that expectation. Because, um, you know, I, I use the example of a, of a program manager in the corporate sector. Um, I have heard I've seen people write. I've heard people say that because they were a operations officer or NCO in the military, well, they are a program manager. Oh, no. Program managers <laughs> in the corporate sector, it is a completely different world. It, you know, if you Google the project management body of knowledge, you can see the expectations of a PM. And, and that's what they go off of. There's different processes, extremely different terminology. Um, but if that's what you want to do, there are programs out there where you can get it. Syracuse University has a program that's free and they'll actually pay for the test, that first test. Um, then there are other boot camps that universities will do that in a, in a four day weekend, you can actually get all the way through the boot camp. Then you just got to take the test on the back end. But you got to look and you got to see what's a project manager do. So if you write your regiment, resume and say you're a program manager or a project manager, um, that doesn't mean the same thing to the corporate sector, because they are looking for specific skills that come with that and experiences that come with that. Um, so just try, and I think this is something that we're all challenged with. I, I know I struggled with it as trying to write a resume is what, what was the equivalent of an entry battalion commander in the corporate sector? I know. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I was not a CEO. Arguably, I wasn't a, pre a vice president, maybe. Is that on par? And I, I asked a lot of people, and, and what, I, what I come to find out is depends which company you work for, because every company could have That's a different, different title for the exact right. same type of position. So, so the words matter. Um, and, and I think if you understand what you want to do, and you say that is the company I want to work for, um, when they bring you in, if it's the right fit, you know, they're taking a chance on you, go in there and prove yourself. And you're going to get right to the level you want. And uh, I think uh, the other piece is, you know, if they're looking at it from a money perspective, coming in with 20 plus years of experience, the money isn't like the government where 
it's a rank and it's a time in service and that's going to equal this amount of money. There is a lot of a lot more flexibility in the way that they do the the uh, money in the in the corporate sector. So you might come in at a level that is lower than what you think you should be for a job title, getting paid what you would be if you were in the level that you you think you should be, um, if that's what's important to you. But but I think you have to take an appetite suppressant, and and I think we will continue to struggle with trying to make that leap and transition what we do in the military to the corporate sector. Um, and that's where it becomes unrealistic for us because we don't necessarily understand how that leap works and what job titles mean and, and understand that each company is different. Going back to that skill bridge, those types of opportunities or going and visiting places like we did in Floor Block, where you can talk to them and you understand what they do, which helps educate you. And, and I found they were all willing to look at resumes, give you input, and uh, help you with making that transition and somebody that you could go talk to. Awesome. Go ahead, Harry. Hey, Joe, what would you recommend to service members separating from the military based on your experience? Obviously, you said that everybody's different. Their corporations, they're different. Their military backgrounds are, are, are different. But is there something that you could say, I wish I knew before I left? Yeah, I think uh, I know Alex has heard me talk about this several times um, over the past years. We've we've stayed in touch. Um, I, I think that a big piece, and, and this is a challenge for some, is figure out what's important to you. Is it a location? Is it money? Is it a certain job title? Is it job satisfaction? Is it a passion? Is it getting out of government work because you want to do something else? It is a work-life balance. What is important to you? Uh, and, and I will tell you, that is something I messed up. Um, people told me the same things. You need to figure out what's important to you. The one area I didn't really pay attention to um, was a work-life balance. I just kind of put it to the side and said, ah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm just going to work until it's time to retire. The work-life balance will come later. Um, and then I found that the thing that I craved the most after all that time in the military, when you're away from home, when you're home, you're working long hours, uh, kids are gone to college. Uh, the, the one thing I craved the most was what I absolutely did not pay attention to was the work-life balance. Um, you know, and, and even though people told me to pay attention to it. So I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest things I echo to people when I talk to them now is figure out what it is that, that you want to do and what's really important to you. If it's money, well, then you're going to sacrifice maybe a location, maybe the work-life balance. Uh, but figure out what's important and prioritize it. And and something I also did not do a great job with is sit down and talk to your your spouse, your significant other, your kids if they're still at home or even if they're in college and, and what's important to them. Um, I, I don't think I had good enough conversations on that. And it was over the course of that first year when I was working in the corporate sector that uh, that we started having some of those conversations. And, and we realized at a certain point that where I was was not where either of us wanted me to be at this point in our lives when kids are out of college, we're empty nesters, and I'd already had a full career. Now I'm onto that second career uh, for you know, 10, 15 years, whatever that is, till I, I retire for good. Um, but, but I think it's important to talk to your family and, and definitely figure out what it is. If, if you have a passion, that would be great. Talking to a friend of, mutual friend of ours, uh, and, and he's not working right now, 
doesn't want to work, doesn't need to work. He wants to write. <laughs> and and his right. passion is writing. And, and as I'm talking to him, he's as happy as he could be because he's doing exactly what he wants to do. He never gardened, but he's got a heck of a garden when he sends me pictures. <laughs> but his passion's writing. So how can he set up so that he can be a good writer? And, and you know, but he knew that's what he wanted. I didn't necessarily understand that passion for me other than, you know, beach chairs and uh, umbrellas at the beach and yeah. sitting around in the sun all day. Yeah. Uh, but that's not exactly going to get the kids through college. Hey, but, you know, Joe, listening to you, it sounds like uh, you, Alex, and me had the same experience. That when we left government service, the first thing that we jumped on didn't quite work as we expected. And we, had, we all had to pivot for different reasons. Um, you know, how, how do you pivot? Yeah. Um, and you know, again, I, I asked a lot of questions of people probably to the point they were tired of me talking to them before I transitioned, but, but I had, you know, other people that have been in the corporate sector, come back to government or stayed in corporate sector, and they've all had multiple jobs. And, and even during the, the TAP classes, they mentioned that, you know, a lot of times retirees will have multiple jobs before they kind of settle down on, on what it is that, uh, that they're happy doing and, and is their passion or is what their, their priorities are. And I think, you know, for me, as I, as I started to really come to, to grips with what is, what is it that I'm really looking for at this point in my life, and then reaching back and also thinking about what, what makes me happy, um, what do I enjoy doing? Um, what do I miss from from you know previous jobs in military? Um, you know, and and then starting to do some of that research on what opportunities are out there. Whether it's if it's another corporate sector um, job, you know, it's it's going back and and maybe digging up some of that transition stuff that you had about other companies because you did four block and went and talked to a certain company, or you met somebody from another company and reaching out to them and start to open that conversation. Um, and, and that's what I ended up doing is I, I reached out to, to multiple people, talked to, to folks and, and an opportunity presented itself to me. But, but I think you've, you know, as you go back and you, and you figure out what's important, um, wow. that gets you into that job, but then you've got to constantly reassess that is, uh, you know, I, I worked in a really good job and I worked with some phenomenal people. Um, it just wasn't that work-life balance I wanted at this point in my life. Um, and, and again, so, you know, I started looking and, and realizing what was it that I really needed to go back to. And it wasn't just the work-life balance. There were other things that, that I missed and, and enjoyed. So, you, you know, you mentioned something because Harry pointed out too, and, and, and when I retired, you know, I was, I love entrepreneurship. I love the challenge. I always said that, well, if I work as hard as I can do, if I work as hard that I'm working in the military, I, I probably will be a good, you know, successful business owner. So that was my challenge. But when I got out and I retired, I went to this new and didn't know anything of the industry and tried to be a business owner. So I was in a management training and I was like you. I was, I mean, I, w I was looking for the money as at first, you know, and be, you know, trying to become successfully and financially independent. But I wasn't happy, you know, the environment, the people, the, the, it, it, and it, it, it shocked me because my son uh, looked at me one day and said, Dad, you look beat up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was yeah, his word. Yeah. That was his words. And I was like, what do you mean? And I was like, you look beat up, like you're not having fun and you look exhausted. 
And that was kind of a wake up call, like you were talking about yeah. life and balance, enjoying what you do. So I, I, I can I can relate. Yeah. But you know, you, you mentioned on something. <clears throat> how does the work of life and balance military compare to the private sector? You kind of give us a snapshot. But if you you're gonna tell, you know, retire now, Mr. Powers, say got somebody asked to say, hey, take a look at the work and balance. But what is the reality in the private sector versus in the military? Because we don't realize it until you get out and you experience it. Yeah, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> as best as you can. Because, you know, I, I think it really depends on what you do. I've got, I got a bunch of, of civilian friends that live around me in the neighborhood. And I know people that have retired and gone to civilian work. And, uh, you know, it, it really just depends what you do. Um, there are some some jobs that are out there where you really can have a really good work life balance. You've got the job satisfaction you want, mm-hmm. um, and 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 each area is different. I was working in operations. Operations doesn't end ever. So probably, you know, but but I do I do enjoy operations because that's what I grew up doing. That's you know the the fast pace you get um, and the you know the adrenaline that gets pumping um, when when things get. You know, when it goes wrong and you get excited because you're fixing a problem. And, uh, but, that, you know, there, there's, there's opportunities out there. You know, I, I see a lot of friends that are civilians that they go out every weekend. They watch their kids play sports. That, you know, they're not getting phone calls at night. Um, you know, <laughs> exactly. it's, so really, it just it really does depend um, on, on what you're doing. But, but as you're out talking to people and you're, you're researching, that's those, those, those questions you can ask somebody. And it is okay if you're doing an interview, it is okay, you know, at the end when they always afford you time to ask questions, yes. it is okay to ask them those questions uh, because you need to go in informed. And if they don't want to answer questions like that, well, maybe that's not the place you want to go work for. <laughs> exactly. But what I, what I find is, you know, most of these people you do interviews with, they're having good conversations with you and, and they will be open. Um, and where I worked, I will tell you, everybody I talked to prior to, uh, they were all 100% honest of what I was walking into. So I can't say I walked in not knowing. I walked in knowing. I just didn't realize that it wasn't going to give me what I really wanted because I didn't really understand what I what I truly wanted and needed um, coming out of the military. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Join us every week for the Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. The Ambassador is host Harry Thomas, and the Chief is host Alex Morales. Together, they bring you different views on today's challenges. From politics to education, security, defense, and the economy, the ambassador and the chief, along with their guest experts, outline new perspectives and lively discussions. Tune in to The Spotlight on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to The Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. If you have a question or a comment about the program, drop us a line via email to support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Again, that's support at dbaeecsolutions.com. Now back to The Spotlight. And we're back with The Spotlight with our friend and colleague, Colonel Retired Joe Power. Harry. Hey, Joe, I think it's important to continue what you were saying about talking to your spouse and family. That's that's something that, that I didn't do. Alex would be getting rice with the attitude. Um, <laughs> and my wife reminded me that I listened to her. So um, it's hard to tell us hard headed guys not to do this. But uh, what what do you how can we get guys to do this and, and women who are leaving? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think part of it is I, I talk to a lot of people about, about transition. Um, but it's usually me to the other military person. Uh, but I have actually one of my neighbors is about a little over a year from retirement and Linda and I are going to go sit down with he and his wife and, awesome. and we're going to talk. And, and another friend of ours, we work with Thor, uh, we, we sat down and, and, talked with he and his wife, uh, you know, about a year ago, we just, we linked up one day and we talked and, you know, that was one of the topics that we kind of, kind of talked about as well. So I think, I think part of it is we have to remember, and, you know, I'm a hypocrite for saying this because I did not do a good job of this myself is <laughs> when we're asking questions of people, reach out and say, Hey, can you and your wife come sit down? Or, or if your wife knows them, they can reach out separately as well, but, but sit down as a, as a team together and talk to people to get both perspectives, because uh, even though we like to think we know what our spouse might be thinking, uh, we're usually wrong, almost always wrong uh, on that, on that front. Um, so it, it's good to have them there where they can have that conversation or my perspective of what she's thinking is not really what her perspective is. So she can tell that other spouse um, her view of it um, and, and her thoughts, because I think we, we forget that, retirement and transition, even though in a lot of cases we're excited for that opportunity and that, you know, that time has come, um, it's scary. And, and it's probably more yes, scary yes. for the spouse because we have a little bit more control over it uh, ourselves because we're the ones kind of leading it. We're the ones doing it. And they're there with us. They're there supporting us. But, but in a lot of cases, they don't, they don't have control over any of this. And so they're, it, it's more than along for the ride, but but I think it's even more scary for them with the unknown because they don't necessarily understand it and are not getting all the same discussions and, and in some cases, classes that we get. So including them in tap classes when a spouse can go, making that time so that your spouse can come and ask questions and hear the same thing because you'll sit in these classes and what you'll hear is your wife will hear something or your spouse will hear something different than you heard. We heard the exact same thing, but we heard it two different ways. And and there were several times uh, Linda came to tap with me, and there were several times where the person said something. We both heard it, heard the same thing, but we heard it differently. 
Uh, so it's important for that other perspective as well. Well, you know, my wife and I had dinner with a couple and uh, um, that's when she told me, don't take it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I've stressed this because I, um, you know, money makes the world go around and it's hard to turn down a lot of money. Let's be honest, especially when you're coming from the government. Uh, but you, you you later learn you have to balance you have to balance that and that's that was all I was saying. But what are you what are you doing now, Joe? Uh, well, I, I uh, you know after I left the corporate sector, uh, I'm now back in the uh, the headquarters working as a government contractor in, in Special Operations Command, uh, which is where I was working before I retired. And uh, you know I'm, I'm I'm back there. I've got a job that gives me good job satisfaction. I'm around a group of professionals um, and, you know, there's a mission that you have and, and you feel that every day that, that you go to work, you, you feel like it's something bigger than yourself, um, which is, I think, inherently in the military, we, we look for something that's bigger than ourselves um, in a lot of cases. Um, even if we want to open up our own company, we're doing it for a reason that's bigger than ourselves most of the time. Um, so, so I'm back now. It was the right move for me at this time. Um, you know, and I, I'm now having the opportunity. I've talked to probably 10 different people just about transition. So, so in that way, in that small way, I'm, I'm trying to give back to others the experience I had to help them as they, they go through this, uh, this transition as well to make theirs, you know, as, as easy as possible and answer any questions and, and try and help take away some of that ambiguity that, that we all experience. Is there an informal mentoring program or a formal mentoring program at, at SOCOM that you could uh, that you could lead? Um, Sounds like this will be. I'm not. I'm not joking. I, I, Harry's giving you more work to do, Joe. <laughs> so, so with, I, with no extra money because it's the government. Yeah, there, there are several uh, several organizations that tie to to the headquarters. Star is one of them, and there are people that are. You know, uh, special operations folks that have transitioned, they can, uh, there's other people that are members of it that have already transitioned or corporate members or just supportive of the military. Um, I'm not aware of any that are just an internal one, but uh, I, I was just talking to, uh, to somebody the other day um, who was in the transition process. And he was just talking about that, of, of trying to get a bunch of people together and, and start trying to get something like that going. Because uh, it's probably not a bad idea. Uh, there's enough of us that are recent enough in the in the process that we can we can help provide uh, questions. You have the medical piece. Everybody's got a million questions about the medical piece because none of us understand it uh, going in. And then when you're done, you don't fully understand it, but you understand it enough to talk to other people and help them, you know, prepare for that process as well. But but that's probably not a bad idea um, to to have something like that. It's just a matter of how do, how do we get something like this started? Yeah, actually, I agree. But, you know, it's, looking back, do you see how the, 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 the circle goes? Do you think it was that far, that, that long ago when you were doing, you know, when you were transitioning, you were asking questions, and all of a sudden you are the one, you know, kind of, yeah. you know, it's like it seems like it was yesterday, right? <laughs> it, it does. And at the same time, I had to think back about my transition. Because it's almost a blur, um, but but as I'm talking to people, it, it's uh, it's been a very quick turnaround from from my transition. But I really had to go back and think about what I did, what I didn't do, and, and lessons learned that I had. 
Oh wow! Hey, Joe. One question that came up right now to to you know came out to my mind. It is, do you think that corporate or the private sector really understand the value or the value that vets bring to a corporate or to a company or to an organization? Um, yeah, I, I think it it will depend on the company and and the experience, maybe some of the prior experience they had with military or former military um, people. Okay. Um, you know, right now the the you know every year when you look at at uh, you know surveys, uh, there's a lot of respect for military members. So I think inherently, um, you know, a lot of these companies they they respect what people have done by serving their country. Uh, and, and they understand a lot of them, whether it's through personal experience or maybe through, you know, partnerships they've had or, or friends they have, um, they, they do understand some of that leadership and, and the ability to deal with adversity um, that, that comes that, that doesn't naturally come to somebody fresh out of college. So somebody coming from the military is going to bring in some of those leadership skills that, that aren't necessarily trained automatically in the corporate sector, unless it is a leader development program, but it's a different type of, of leadership. Um, so I, I think some companies absolutely understand um, and value what that, that veteran can bring. Um, others may not, but I think a lot of companies, when they get to talk to somebody, they're willing to take those chances. Um, okay. And it's one of those, prove them wrong. You know, they're, they're going to give you that benefit of the doubt, I think, in a lot of cases. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Harry. Those were great answers. I think one of the concerns is um, compared to my father's generation where everybody served in the military, you have a lot of people in corporate, a lot of people in HR who are sympathetic to the military but don't know about the military. And how do you educate them? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, know, when I was working in in the corporate sector, I I found everybody – I did have some folks I worked with that were former military um, as well. But, you know, even those that were not and grew up without any real experience with the military, it was, was supportive and grateful for my service. Um, in, in some cases, they may have had a, a friend or a family that served. They don't really understand what the service piece means. Um, you know, they, how many people do we know that have never slept apart from their significant other for, you know, more than a day or two. And even then they're on the phone for two hours that night that they're away because they see each other all the time and they never lived apart. And, um, you know, so it's, so it's a little different. I think they, I found everybody's supported, but they don't necessarily understand some of that. So, uh, things like a work-life balance that, that we might put a much higher priority to, um, they wouldn't necessarily see it that way because, uh, they, they've never been separated as much. Um, and it's, and, and they may not know anything different. Um, they may have always had that work-life balance or, or they, every night they go home and see their significant other. Um, so they, they just might not, might not get that piece, but, but I found everybody's pretty supportive of it. Um, and I do think when you go there, this is where, Hey, if you got to take a job, that's a step back from where you think you should be. That's where you come in and you show them what you bring to that organization with those skills and the experience that, that you have. And, and I, you know, people want to ask questions. Uh, sometimes they're afraid to, but you start talking to them. Sometimes you're just telling some, some stories about things that happened in the military. They start laughing and they can't believe some of the stuff that, that we've seen or done. 
Um, and it opens that door for those conversations. And I think that helps with, with talking to people that, that maybe don't have that experience and understanding. No, that's, that's great. Hey, Joe, transitioning a little bit, what, you, what advice you give to high school and college graduates to join the survey before going to the private sector? And if so, why? Yeah, I think that, that's a tough question because I, um, I think it's on the individual. You know, the military is not for everybody. But at the same time, the military affords an opportunity for everybody. Uh, no matter what you want to do, somewhere in the military, they have that specialty that you're interested <laughs> in. Um, there are some, some kids that are not ready to go to college. They're not mature enough. Um, they can't afford it, maybe. Uh, you go serve even just one enlistment in the military, you're going to get a lot of opportunities to grow up real fast. You're going to pay your bills. You're going to take care of yourself. Uh, things that, and, and you're getting a paycheck at the same time. So it's not a college where, um, you know, you're, you're struggling to, to grow up in, in addition to go to school and, and get good grades. Um, and you also at that point could get the money to go to college if it's, if it's money that you need. One, one enlistment and you get the post 9-11 GI Bill and your school is pretty much paid for so I think that for kids coming out of high school, it's, it's uh, you get a lot of benefits from going to the military and then going to college because you're a little bit more mature. I think in some cases, not all, but in some cases, you're going to appreciate college more. Um, I would have appreciated college a lot more after I was out of college. When I look back now, I'd still be in school if I was smart. <laughs> but, but, you know, I didn't necessarily appreciate what I was doing in, in college at the time, but but if I went and spent four years in the military, college is something different, um, especially if I have that goal to go do something that I couldn't do out of high school yet. Uh, and, and if there is that skill that you're looking for, that passion that you have, <clears throat> maybe it's computers. You know, we know cyber is huge everywhere. Corporate sector, military, doesn't matter. That's big globally. There's a lot of cyber opportunities in the military. So if a kid's got a passion for that, they can go in and they can they can spend four years doing cyber, real practical work. They can go to college or maybe they can go right into the corporate sector with the skill set they had. They have, and, you know, some others, Air Force, Navy, you know, there's, there's different ones. You actually get legitimate certifications for certain jobs that yeah. carry over to the, to the corporate sector. So, so I think, um, you know, you, you get a lot out of joining the military first, but it really depends on the, on the person themselves and, and, what it is they're looking for. Um, but I think it does give an opportunity for everybody. Uh, and so when I hear people say they can't afford to go to college, everybody can afford to go to college. It just requires you for four years to do something bigger than yourself. Wow. That's, I never thought of it like that. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Harry. Joe, would you explain that to our listeners? What, it, what does it mean bigger than yourself? Um, well, it's, you know, it's, I didn't do what I did in the military for me. Um, you know, we take an oath. doesn't matter if you're enlisted or not. So you take an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all of these foreign and domestic. Um, and, and it's bigger than me. What I'm doing is to allow freedom of speech, uh, all the benefits we have in the United States. And this is the greatest country in the world. And, and those who have, have been to some of these other countries realize how great it is here. But it takes what we do in the military, it takes what our police do, it takes what, um, you know, a lot of our DHS members do every single day 
to allow the freedoms that this country gets. And so it's a, it's a mission that is bigger than the individual. It is about the team. It is about the group. It is, and the, ultimately those effects are what, what allow our country to be what it is. Wow. Motivating. Well, Joe, we in the end of the episode, we want to thank you for taking the time. Uh, we want to give you one last question. And from there, I will ask uh, Harry to take us out. So it is, uh, what do you miss about the military, if you miss anything, even though we understand you're a contractor now? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, in the military, the, the people and the camaraderie that you get, it's unlike anything that you're going to do. Uh, the sense of purpose and satisfaction that you get from just doing your job. Um, it's not that you can or, or won't find that in the private sector, but it's different. Yeah, I said I worked with some great people. We had some camaraderie, but it's a different type of camaraderie. And I don't know that you necessarily understand it unless you've experienced it. Um, and, and so, you know, we're always getting together outside of work, getting to know each other's families. You don't necessarily, or at least I did not see that in the corporate sector, that people were getting together after work and doing things on weekends um, because we truly became a family in the military, uh, which I think is just a little bit different. But, but part of that is that shared hardship of the life of service that, that we had. Awesome. Harry, take us out. Thank you, Colonel Joe Power, retired. Uh, we really appreciate it. We think that this has been a great window on the transition that our military members can successfully make to the private sector, the non-governmental sector, or to the do-nothing sector. <laughs> But we really appreciate you today. Thank you very much, Joe. Very kind for taking your time. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate you inviting me on, and hopefully this is helpful for at least one person out there. Yeah. And this was the Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. Thank you for tuning into the Spotlight with the Ambassador and the Chief. Be sure to join Chief Alex Morales and Ambassador Harry Thomas again on the Voice America Variety Channel.